0: travel down a road and back again your heart is true you're a pal and a confidant
1: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And it is an absolutely glorious fall day. I'm not sure what the weather is like for everybody else listening, but here in Atlanta, it could not be more beautiful. Man, it is really, really pretty here. I am delighted today to have my guest because he is someone who hmm, I'm not friends with on Facebook because he has too many friends. He's one of those people who hit the 5,000 mark. So I definitely uh, subscribe to his posts and I do, of course, follow his fan page. And I am talking about Hugh Briss. And Hugh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, good morning, Deborah. How are you? Not bad. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and read your brief bio. This is is by far one of the shortest bios I have ever seen. You sell yourself way short, Hugh, because I know how talented you are, and you have this great short little bio um, that tells exactly what you do. But you know, everybody else goes into such detail, and I think that's part of. Why you're so successful in what you do, you give just what is necessary. So here's Hugh's bio. He is a web developer and an internet entrepreneur, and he has several companies and many websites. His latest project is socialidentities.com, where he designs custom backgrounds and graphics for Twitter, Facebook, Ning, YouTube, MySpace, and blogs. He's also a big fan of social media, and he wants to create a place where he can talk about all kinds of things that have something Or anything to do with that subject. So again, Hugh, welcome.
2: Thank you. Nice to be here. Great.
1: Great. And it is
2: a beautiful day. Down here in Florida, it's a little hot and humid, but it's uh, at least the sun's shining.
1: You know, I'm still getting used to the humidity down in Atlanta, but it is, you know, it's one of those days that you can't beat. You know, no matter where you are, it really is a glorious fall day. And fall to me is just, you know, one of those, those great seasons.
2: Yeah. Well, we're still waiting on the fall part. (laughs) well we'll we'll be walking around on uh halloween with our kids wearing you know the the skimpiest halloween costumes they can find because they're sweating and
1: i know know. which you know i'm used to halloween in colorado where there were times where it didn't pay to have a halloween costume because you had your down parka on (laughs) (laughs) but great well I really wanted to have Hugh on today because he is an expert in how to brand yourself online. So first, let's talk a little bit. Hugh, how did you even get started doing this? Why did you decide this was something that was important?
2: Uh, I don't know. I guess it was a natural progression of things. Um, I started my first design firm in 1987 and for many years did the traditional logos and brochures and annual reports and that kind of stuff. Um, the internet came along and I guess in 94, 95, I built my first website just so I had one. And, and, um, you know, eventually that sort of evolved into clients asking me to do websites for them. So over time, I kind of got away from doing too much print work and started doing mostly web stuff. And then when social, of course, social media has been around a lot longer than people give it credit for. We, right. mm-hmm. we were talking on bulletin boards in the 80s, but um, you know, so when MySpace came along, I wasn't a big fan of that, but then Facebook and, and some of the others started, um, and at that point, it didn't really do me any good as far as a business goes, except for one day, Twitter decided to let us create custom backgrounds, so that's when it all started. I started a business called TwitterImage.com uh, several years ago. Uh, that went, went real well. I, I designed backgrounds for for guy kawasaki, chris brogan and some of the the better known social media people so that kind of got my foot in the door right. and uh, and then when facebook you know decided to let us uh, start adding tab pages then that gave me something else to do so eventually twitterimage.com evolved into socialmedia or socialidentities.com and now i do uh, design work for any social media platform that will let us customize it.
1: Great. Well, and um, first of all, tell people how they find you because this is something that you do and you do a terrific job at. So I want to make sure that people know how to reach you.
2: Okay. Well, socialidentities.com is my main website. Uh, I also blog at hubris.com. And uh, on Facebook, I'm facebook.com slash hubris or, or my business page is facebook.com slash mysocialidentity. Um, w- speaking about branding, one of the things that I always like doing and I think is important in social media and you see this a lot too with even big companies like Ford with Scott Monty um, I think it's important in a lot of cases for a dual branding kinda of thing going on and in my case that's just always worked real well for me so mm-hmm. I brand hubris just about as hard as I spend time branding social identities. so the right. two have sort of become interchangeable if somebody mm-hmm. talks about me they they're pretty much familiar with social identities and vice versa.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: it, it, with Facebook, I I use Hubris not so much for personal keeping up with family and friends. We do have a family account for that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, I tend to talk more about business. But when I'm deciding whether I want to post something on my Facebook page or my Facebook profile, w- what I like to do is is decide whether well, you know, do I want to keep a professional slant to this and, and keep my opinion out of it, and then in that case, it probably Belongs over on uh, my page, or do I want to give my opinion and, and say, you know, boy, that I love that new Twitter header, but the design's kind of crappy. Then, <laughs> you know, I, I may want to talk about that on on well, my personal profile,
1: right? you know, and and i think one of the, the coolest things about all of your images is you know obviously you're you're doing this as a profession so you've got the the best that you can do but as you mentioned they're they're interchangeable you know if you're on a twitter page that is your twitter page and then you go to google plus or to facebook you see the same look and feel now it looks you know, it, it's it's different in how the the pages are set up and all those various things. But it has the same elements, it has the same colors. And talk to us about why you think that's so important.
2: I think the number one reason is because it looks professional. Um and I think you know, for a company that may have a, a MySpace presence, the chances are that they're probably not using it so much anymore. The mm-hmm. design, the colors. Uh, maybe the logo that they're using on, on the, uh, the background they have on MySpace is probably something that they did many years ago. Maybe if they haven't taken the time to update it, uh, over time, as, as you're going along and every time you, there's a new social platform, which seems to happen every day, uh, <laughs> and you design something for that. So, it, okay, well, you, you put the newest logo and the newest corporate colors on that design, but if you don't go back and revisit your old designs or, Concentrate on keeping everything consistent. After a while, you end up with everything having different colors. Maybe an old logo here and a new logo there, and and if it's not consistent, you know, I just think it looks less professional. And I right. think that's incredibly important for small and mid- medium sized businesses. Not so much for you know the big dogs like Starbucks or Coke or something. Uh, everybody they're world famous. It probably doesn't really matter. But mm-hmm. for for the smaller companies, especially you know, the one-man shops and stuff where they're trying to look bigger than they are or at least maintain a professional appearance, then I think consistency in all their online media is important, whether it's their blog, their website, or their social networking pages.
1: Well, and to me, you know, as you mentioned, it's, it's the professional look. It's also from a marketing perspective. If I look at someone's Facebook page and then I look at their Twitter account and then I go to their website and all three look different, my impression is: Are they this disorganized in what they do? So then, do I want to pay them to help me? You know, now, granted, if it's like you said, Starbucks, Coke, whatever, I'm thinking, okay, that's that's fine. But if it is a small one person shop, or even just a you know a small business with you know several hundred employees, I want them to have the same look and feel on everything. So then, I know that the work that they provide for me would be consistent, also.
2: Right, I agree, and but also that way when you land on that company's page whether it's google plus or facebook mm-hmm. or twitter or whatever it is it, it, you instantly know who they are right um, you know you don't have to look around or if you, if the color's not the same as if you saw them on facebook and then you go look on twitter and the two don't look even similar then you you don't have that instant recognition factor mm-hmm. and you know i think that's important
1: well, and I love this uh, in your uh, blog post earlier this weekend. you sent out a, a little uh, post and it had this image and it says branding hard to fix if you get it wrong
0: <laughs>
1: and I think that 's true you know if if you mess up, then people do get confused you know especially if they think well this isn 't the right page uh, you know so then they unfollow the the you know the Twitter feed they unfriend you on Facebook, whatever because they want to make sure they 've got the right one. But it's more important that, you know, that you really do do it right to start with.
2: Right. And that that message, you know, I, I tried to, I, li- I like to do that. I create uh, graphics where I'll find a picture that's kind of interesting and funny maybe and, and then stick some text on it and, and I can make a point quick. I did one mm-hmm. a few months ago where I created a t-shirt, uh, a girl wearing a t-shirt and on the t-shirt it said, hi, my name's Nicole and it had all her personal information, her her phone number, her address, and at the bottom it says, I'm home most evenings, please stop by any time. And <laughs> it, it went viral. And, you know, my point with the, the image was that people are putting way too much personal information uh, online. Right. And, yeah, especially for young girls mm-hmm. who are vulnerable, that kind of thing. So, that, you know, that kind of image and the same thing with the branding picture, the, I think the message I was making or trying to get across was probably a little bit deeper as far as branding, when you get it wrong, it, mm-hmm. I'm I'm also thinking about the people that um, especially with personal branding and and as well as the branding of their business, you know, a perfect example of that right now is Chick-fil-A. Um, oh,
1: yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm here so, in Atlanta.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and for people who aren't familiar with Chick-fil-A, it, it all comes down to the fact that it's a it's a company owned by Christians and they're very, you know, um, they, when you go into their stores, it's not, you know, they don't have signs all over the place and stuff, but the, the clientele or the, the people that wait on you are all incredibly polite and, and they, they go right. out of their way to do that. They close on Sundays. Um, you know, and there's stuff that they do that, you know, i closing on Sunday. I'm, I i can not imagine how much money that loses for them, but mm-hmm. that's their choice. The, but uh, you know, they've also gone a little bit deeper than that and they support companies that, uh, you know, and, and it all came out with gay rights and the gay marriage issue. That whole thing could have been a fiasco for them. And, and actually, I don't think it ended up being a fiasco because the day after the news broke, they had lines wrapped around their buildings all over right. the place. Um, but the thing is now, I don't know if you've seen it, but they, they've issued a new press release. They, mm-hmm. They're, they're changing their policy about, uh, Gay marriage and and right. um, mm-hmm. Which organizations gender they issues support? and things mm-hmm. like that. So they they did take it seriously, and I don't. It doesn't look like they're doing damage control because I don't really think it hurt their bottom line. But right. um, I do think that they sat down and decided, you know what we we say we're Christian, we say that we love everybody and we want everybody to you know get along, but then that sort of goes against the entire philosophy if mm-hmm. we go out there and say you know support companies that are against gay marriage or against gays or, or whatever. So right. um, I think that happens quite easily. You know, if somebody's not careful, it's it's not hard to hurt your brand. And that was the whole point is, you know, the, the image of a cowboy with a branding iron. It, the idea is once he's branded that, that uh, cow, um, if he branded it wrong or crooked, it's going to be real hard to fix mm-hmm. it. And, you know, so I think that's the same thing with branding. I think once you make a serious enough mistake, it, it's hard to do. So I think branding is very, something that people need to pay attention to. And branding goes a lot farther than just your logo or your corporate colors or how you look on a social network.
1: Right. To me, it's the impression that people have of you, you know, what you stand for. And right now, of course, we've got all of these political posts, which, (laughs) oi. And, you know, of course, the problem with social media is you don't know is, excuse me, is that person joking? Are they just one of those, you know, people that, that wants to cause trouble, cause discussion, all of those various things. And so they're doing these posts that, you know, years from now, or shoot even months from now. If you look back at it, what is your impression of that person? And to me, that's where people are definitely damaging their their online reputation and their brand because they're not thinking before they post. And you know, it's it's great if that's what they want to do. And and obviously there really aren't rules aside from, you know, some of the the legal issues on what you can post online, but people do need to keep in mind what is somebody going to think even just, you know, reading the post today, let alone a month, a year, you know, whenever from now.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of people out there that just, they'll say, I really don't care. Uh, this is my opinion. Right. I'm going to express it. And if mm-hmm. you don't like it or agree with it, uh, don't hire me. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. It's I don't, good for them.
1: Uh, you know? Yeah, and, and,
2: you know, mm-hmm. I guess if you want to, if you... Feel strongly about enough about something. I I guess that's a valid point. But Mm -hmm. personally, I avoid when it comes to anything online, especially if it's something that could be related to my business or or reflect on my business. I avoid politics and religion
0: Mm -hmm.
2: because those are two things that they're way too polarized. Mm -hmm. Um, There, it's everything. The comments all. Tend to be very partisan. Um, you know, y- and you'll see people like saying this all the time. And basically, if if you're a Democrat and you express your opinion, th- it's fine to express an opinion, but you see people so often say it in such a way that they're basically saying, if you don't agree with my opinion, then you're an idiot. And so right. basically, mm-hmm. what they did is they just called probably about 50% of the United mm-hmm. States idiots, mm-hmm. and that doesn't look good for
1: your business. Right. So, you know, and- um, and you mentioned religion. You know, that's, that's another hot topic, especially, you know, now that I'm here in, in the Bible Belt. But I, you know, I was working with a young woman one time, and this was back in Denver. She was, it, I was working with a group of students from the Middle East, and they were here on a special scholarship program, uh, to, to attend several universities throughout the United States, and, and they brought them all together, and I was to work with them on social media. Now, these kids were, the brightest of the brightest. I mean, you know, they they were absolutely phenomenal. But I looked through all of their their various social media pages. And for the women in particular, they liked social media because since they were coming from the Middle East, of course, it's very different on how they reach out, especially to men. And how they can network with men. So they were using social media as a different way to do that. But I looked at this one young woman's picture, on, and of course, you get you know just like with all branding, you get the idea of you know an initial concept at least of someone by their avatar, their little picture. And her picture was you know of of herself, and then she had um, a T-shirt on that said, "I'm a proud Muslim." And so I called her aside at a break. I would never you know, embarrass somebody in in front of the class, but I I wanted to talk to her about it. And then she gave me permission then to to go ahead and and talk to the class about it. But what I talked to her about, I said, you know, unfortunately here in especially the United States, there would be people who would look at her picture and see that on her T-shirt and immediately decide, I don't want to have anything to do with her. And she looked at me and she said, then I don't want anything to do with them if, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, and I thought, you know, good for you. But she fully recognized that she would be eliminating quite a few people from ever wanting to deal with her. But that was her, you know, that was was something that was very important to her. And I thought, you know, more power to her for doing that.
2: Yeah, I think on a personal level, I think it's, I would say more power to you. But I think if you're running a business Right. That's probably not a great attitude mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know I, I think tolerance is is important uh, and when you're if you're working especially in the United states um where there is uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so many religions, then mm-hmm. you're always going to offend somebody if you express your religious views mm-hmm. uh you know and and I think we even see that in politics, you know um George Bush was always talking, basing his decisions on his political or his Christian beliefs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times that offended the Jewish people and and the Muslims and the Hindus and whatever because his beliefs didn't necessarily align with theirs. So he Mm -hmm. should have been creating laws based on, you know, ethics and morals and and things that didn't have something to do with religion. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you bring a religious decision into it, and say this is why I'm doing it, and if that... Doesn't necessarily align with what somebody else's religious belief is, then you've created a problem, and you it, now you got a hard time defending it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think the same thing with a business. I, I just think for most for most companies, even though that may be your personal opinion, and in her case, maybe she only wants to do business with Muslims. I, I don't think that's the case for most of
1: us. Right, right. So great. You know, it is time for us to take a break. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back. Let's talk about Twitter because just last week, you know, it's, it's funny. It, it, we had a saying in Colorado that if you didn't like the weather, just wait five minutes and it would change. Well, you know, now I feel the same way about social media. If you don't like it, wait five minutes and it's going to change. And Twitter did so last week. They changed the backgrounds and they added some new formats. So when we come back, let's talk about that and really talk about how this is a cool way for businesses and even if it's just an individual to get their brand out there, you know, their image, their impression, what people are going to think about them.
0: Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart.
3: Listening to Mile High Radio, MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure.
4: Performance Apparel is South Metro Denver's premier corporate and athletic apparel store. We're your one-stop shop for creating a personal yet professional look for you and your organization. We can assist you in outfitting your corporate team, baseball team, lacrosse team, soccer team, hockey team, football team, or any other team you're involved with. Our goal is to outfit your team for success. We offer in-house full service embroidery, a state-of-the-art banner and sign maker, screen printing, a graphic designer, vinyl and heat press letter logos, tackle twill, sew-on lettering, leather jackets, hats, shirts, and other corporate imaging, learn just why we've been chosen to be the official corporate image consultant and provider for MileHighRadio.com by clicking on the banner ad on their website. Remember the name in South Metro Denver. It's Performance Apparel.
3: The Chelsea Hutchison Foundation is a Colorado nonprofit corporation formed by Julie and Doug Hutchison to help individuals, particularly children and young adults who have epilepsy. The main focus is to raise funds to provide grants for trained seizure response dogs that may be able to detect an oncoming seizure and provide warnings and or respond after the onset. The foundation also provides MFIT monitors for those in need. MFIT movement monitors are the latest technology for monitoring and individual who, during sleep, may experience seizures, which a caregiver or family member should be alerted to. The Chelsea Hutchison Foundation is named for Julie and Doug's beloved daughter, Chelsea, who died in her sleep during a seizure in April of 2009. The cause of her death is called SUDEP, or Sudden Unexplained Death in Epilepsy. During the six years that Chelsea had seizures, no one had ever told the Hutchisons that a seizure could take her life. As a result of that omission, the Chelsea Hutchison Foundation raises SUDEP awareness so other families are not blindsided in the same way that they were for more information on the Chelsea Hutchison Foundation please click on the banner ad right here on milehighradio.com
0: hey, hey. thank you for being
1: we are back. Thank you for being my friend. And if we're not friends online, why the heck not? It's easy enough to find me. You can just go to um, my webpage, which is debcareer.com. I also have an about me page. and We're going to talk about about me a little bit later to give folks an idea about that. But find me online, debcareer.com. And that way you can, can connect with me on all my sites. My guest today is Hugh Briss. And Hugh, tell us how we can connect with you online.
2: Oh, I guess the easiest way is um <laughs> uh, facebook probably is where I spend the most time so facebook dot com slash hubris or facebook dot com slash my social identity, which is my page on twitter i'm twitter dot com slash hubris hubris pretty much works everywhere cool. <laughs> Are they cool. about me I'm a hubris on linkedin I'm hubris um and you mentioned about me i think that's awesome we can talk about that later cuz i'm right. i'm a big fan and uh but twitter right now you you talked about the the changes and mm-hmm. I, I think they're awesome
1: you know it's twitter it's funny they tend to seem to want to play catch up with everybody. Actually, LinkedIn is the one that really plays catch up. But, uh, Twitter definitely made some major changes last week and talk us through what they were and what they mean for whether you're using it for just fun or as a business tool. Talk us through what the, the changes are.
2: Okay. Well, there's a, a few small changes that were more aesthetic than anything else. The way the pictures display in line now and things like that. Um, I, the two big changes are, uh, the fact that we now have a nice big header banner at the top, uh, a la Facebook. Um, of course, it, the inevitable is already happening. You know, everybody's saying, "Oh, they're copying Facebook." But <laughs> if, if something works and it's a good idea, I, I don't necessarily think you're copying somebody. If you are, you supposed to say, "Hey, it was a great idea, but they did it first, and so now we can't do it." Right?
1: right? So we can't do it. That makes make sense.
2: <laughs> so uh, you know, I think that that's great. And then I think their primary reason for making the change with this header banner is that now it gives us um, more real estate to brand or market on mobile especially mm-hmm. on the you know phone apps and on iPad the, the new iPad app that came out now um, shows that header graphic right at the top of the page and right. it scales to fit um, uh, it's kind of cool on iPhones and, and uh, other smartphones when you're looking at somebody's Twitter profile the image at the top doesn't have the overlaid bio like it does when you're looking on the web. But if you click or slide your finger, uh, it slides that information in over the, the header banner. So nice. if you've got a well-written bio and you've got a link to your website and especially important if you have made sure your website works on mobile devices then, you know, I think that's a, a great new opportunity that we didn't have before when somebody was, viewing our Twitter pages on uh, mobile devices. So mm-hmm. I think that was probably the primary reason they, they did it. Uh, it it does work great for us now when somebody's looking at our page on the web because just like Facebook, now we have that big banner area at the top. And, um, you know, it's, it's a good spot to stick some extra information, some branding and, and things that we used to try to fit that stuff on the sides. You know, you had your 160-character bio, and there was only so much you could say. Um and you had to make a decision: Am I going to put my logo or my picture in the profile avatar spot? So then, you, whatever you didn't use in that spot, you know, people wanted to put on the sides. And um, so I think the two: the the background, which has always been nice to have, and the the header banner, especially if they're designed to go nicely together, um, you know, is a great option. The other thing that they made the change: the second change that I think incredibly important is, and this has been something I've been begging them to do for years, is all this time our background has always been anchored to the left side of the monitor. Right. And then, you know, people, when they would ask me to design their Twitter backgrounds, they were always wanting me to put, okay, put on the left side, put this, and on the right side, let's put a list of all my contact information. And I would have to explain that, well, the problem with that is I can do it and it's going to look perfect on one specific monitor resolution. If it's Mm -hmm. at 1280 pixels wide, it's going to look perfect. If somebody's looking at a 1440 or a 1600 pixel monitor, that main tweet area is going to shift to the right, the background's going to stay exactly where it is, and the tweet area is going to end up covering up anything that you do have on the right. So that's been a major problem along. It's kind of funny, too, because YouTube has always centered their background, most all the... Other places that have a background, it's, it's always been centered. But that was the big change they made now. You have the option when you upload your background to choose whether you want it to be left justified, centered, or right justified. Right. In most cases, I think centered is going to be the mm-hmm. way to go. And the great thing about that, there's two things that that does for us that are great. One, now we can stick stuff on the right side. Uh, and we don't have to worry because no matter what, how wide the monitor is, anything you have as a background, just, you're just going to see more of it on the sides. But you're always going to see what's on both sides. The other thing that's nice is where before, if I would design something so it looked good on a 1,280-pixel-wide monitor and on the left side you had a, a picture or a logo and a tagline and a little bit of text, uh, and it looked nice and it was right close to the tweet area, the problem is if you looked on a big monitor um, – there was a huge gap between what was that – essentially that vertical banner that was way over on the left side. There was a big gap between that and the tweet area. Well, that doesn't happen anymore now because the the relationship between your background elements and the tweet area remained constant.
1: Right. Well, and the fact that you, that, that, that gap existed, what so many people ended up doing was either losing their information – or they would tile it which i always thought was entertaining because then it still didn't mean that you could read it or they they wouldn't try to brand it you know they would just go with you know whatever some of the basic twitter backgrounds were or you know some of those various things they'd just use a picture and now it comes back to the fact that yes you can brand it you can use all of that real estate and get your point across
2: yes and you know one thing i uh, sp- one of the complaints I'll hear or one of the comments I'll hear quite a bit when we're talking about branding on Twitter is that, um, well, you know, I never look at anybody's Twitter page. I do all my stuff on TweetDeck or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why would I bother? Well, I think you should bother because if you're a company, um, I, I, there are a lot of people that are going to see that background. And personally when I'm vetting somebody and deciding do I want to follow them or not, I typically go take a look at their page. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and sure, I could do that on TweetDeck, but it, I think looking at the person's page gives me a lot better idea. Um, now, right. the, the, that argument doesn't hold up quite as well as it used to because of the fact that now, because of that nice big header banner, we do have something that's going to show up in a lot of other places where it wasn't before. Before, if you had a really nice Twitter background, um, the only time people would see it is if they actually physically were looking at your page on their desktop computer. If they were looking on an iPad or a mobile phone, they didn't see your fancy background. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got that banner, and if you've got that branded and you've got maybe a tagline in there or uh, e- even a little bit of text that tells something a little bit more than you can fit into the bio spot, that does show up when people are looking on on the iPad app and the mobile um, apps.
1: Well, and that banner is, it's, it's a cool piece of real estate. You know, I just think that's very cool. And as you mentioned, it shows up now on, on various things. It's an option. You know, it's kind of like all those other things that that roll out, which I don't understand that. To me, stuff is either on or off, but you know, okay. So now it's an option. But when everybody has to have it in, I believe you mentioned November, Mm -hmm. if you haven't updated it, you get this ugly gray box, right? Well, yeah. also, so.
2: you get, yeah, and you get a gray box now because it's optional for us
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, when it comes to your website, but it's not optional on the mobile apps. Ah. So if you go look at somebody's page right now on the oh. iPad app or on it's the
1: ugly. IPhone app,
2: what you'll see at the top is a big gray square with their avatar centered in the middle of it. So even for right now, I, I think it's important for people to just go ahead and even upload a picture or whatever. Mm-hmm. At, so that even though you you don't really want to jump on board a new look on your website page, the the thing is is that I think it's better to just put something up there so that when people are looking on mobile, which nowadays I mean I keep seeing stats that over fifty percent of people are doing their all their online uh, stuff on their mobile devices. Mm-hmm. So uh, right. that's an awful lot of people that I'd just assume not have them see a big. Gray box with my picture in the middle of it. So right. uh, even though it's an option right now, mm-hmm. it, it's technically it's not an option because that in that format there there is no option when it comes mm-hmm. to the
1: mobile. Well, and it's fairly easy to do. And the, and the cool thing is uh, that, that Twitter gives you the ability to zoom in. You know, so you might have say you know a, a picture, a product picture, or something like that. You can zoom in. You can reposition it. All of those various things. But the reason I kind of hedged with saying it's pretty easy is, you know, it it is fairly easy to do if you're technically oriented, but... It does get a little complicated, especially with doing the backgrounds, with doing all of those various things. I'm, I'm saying all of this because I want to give Hugh a plug, because this is what Hugh does. He designs backgrounds for, you know, all of the various social media sites. And there are those people out there like me who want to play with it, who want to tweak it, who want to do it myself. And you know that's fine but then all of a sudden I've lost 5 hours playing with this and Hughes rates are so reasonable that you know it it just makes sense to to go in and have somebody professionally do it get it taken care of rather than spending our own time you know tweaking it and then thinking oh it's not quite right oh let's do this just have somebody do it
3: I agree <laughs>
2: Well, thank, yeah. <laughs> you, thank you for the plug. I appreciate that. Uh, em- you know, I always, uh, I'm a a big fan of transparency. And, you know, if people go to my Facebook page or, or read what I post on Twitter or read uh, my posts on hubris.com, um, I'm more than happy to share information, uh, sizing and, mm-hmm. you know, tips and, and things for the people that do want to try and do it themselves. Um, you know, I just I don't like being this kind of person that wants to baffle everybody with BS and and make it seem like it's incredibly difficult and you really shouldn't try it. You should pay me. Um, you know, I'm more than happy to help somebody if they can figure out how to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, the the people that I'm looking forward to be clients are the people who maybe even they are able to do it on their own, but they are either too busy, like you said, uh, and they want to pay somebody to do it, or you know maybe they feel that even though they can do it on their own, they're not going to be, since they're not technically trained designers, They maybe they're not going to do quite mm-hmm. as professional a job. So.
1: Well, and I think that's one of the, the keys is, you know, we all think we know what we want. And people who design things just baffle me. I mean, you know, I'm doing good sometimes to draw a straight line. So, you know, television commercials and ads and all those, when I see them, I think, how in the heck did somebody come up with this? Just working with an expert is so much easier and so much faster when you're doing that. You know, I'm I'm looking at your Twitter uh, page right now and the way you have your image done, it actually took me a second to figure out because, you know, that the it Twitter puts your avatar there. You know, whether you want it there or not, there's no choice, it's going to put it there. So your little little image is there. And so Hugh has designed his page so somebody is holding up a smartphone and his avatar then is appearing in that. Now, you know for somebody to have to play with that, that could take hours to do. They can just tell you, "Hey, this is what I want." And poof, there you've got it done.:
2: Right. And that one it, it looks like it was easier than it was. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it, it wasn't really that hard to do for the website because mm-hmm. it's simple enough to take a screenshot and measure and figure out where the avatar image is going to be and, and line up my my background image so that it appeared in the right spot. But I did have to do a little bit of tweaking because for some reason when they scale down to the mobile app size, your avatar ends up in relation to the background being larger than it is when ah. you're looking at it Mm -hmm. on the website. So I had to, uh, originally I had my picture where it filled the full screen of the iPhone um, or the mobile phone she's holding Mm -hmm. up. But the problem with that was then when you looked at it on a, a mobile app, that image was lar- actually extending beyond the the edges of the phone, so I had to sort of <laughs> tweak it get it mm-hmm. I, I came up with a compromise it 's not perfect in either spot, but it's it 's close, close. Mm-hmm. Uh, one technique I see a lot of people doing, and at first it seems like a really great idea, but the problem is because of the, what I just talked about it 's not such a great idea is to take a picture of yourself you, you know wh- whether you 're with a group of friends I saw um, oh i can 't think of his name right now, the guy that produces all the new year's eve shows and everything oh dick uh,
1: clark
2: no the, the, oh, no, the guy the that's producer. taking over mm-hmm. for him um
1: yeah guy. oh ryan Seacrest.
2: ryan Seacrest, right okay so he's his he has a picture of him with um rihanna or somebody and a couple other performers but um and then what he did was he lined the picture up or whoever created it for him lined mm-hmm. the picture up so that his photo appears in the square where the avatar is supposed to go um and you know so that's a cool idea at first, you figure, oh, just get a picture of me doing something, playing frisbee at the beach with my dog or whatever, and I'll just line it up so that my head fits inside that square, and then that becomes the little my little avatar icon when I post, but that way it, it creates a cool image, and it does. But when you look at it, like Ryan's, if you look at it on a, a mobile app,
1: Uh-oh, the head is, is
2: about 75% too big. <laughs> so <laughs> So it ends up looking really kind of funky.
1: Well, except with some of those celebrities, their heads really do seem bigger.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean if it if it looked like the head was just bigger it'd be okay, but the problem is is that the neck extends beyond the shoulders and mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't line up.
1: Well, and you know, Facebook is you're able to do that too on Facebook, which I think is very cool. When you've got, you know, an and your avatar picture and then it it bleeds into the banner at the top. The people who have done some, you know, some work with those—that is so cool. You know, I, I go to a lot of pages just to look at them, and I am just marvelled at the creativity that people have to create some of these pages. But it comes back to what we were saying: it's all about branding. You know, how what the, what is the impression people are going to get when they see your Facebook page, your Twitter page, all of those various things?
2: Yeah, and you know. There's also that wow factor there, you know, and it's it's sort of similar to the idea of producing a commercial, um, like the Super Bowl commercials. The one you know, people tend to talk about Super Bowl commercials for days after the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. at Cheers. least the ones, at mm-hmm. least the ones that they liked. Um, and it, the the thing is, is that you produced a memorable commercial and it got a lot of viral benefit. And that, you know, I think that's the same thing with a a really cool Twitter background or a, or a Facebook timeline cover if you've done something that when somebody sees it they go oh wait that's kind of cool it's it's not just a logo stuck on it's not a Starbucks logo stuck on a corner with you know a picture of a cup of coffee and some beans on a table Mm -hmm. Uh, you know if there was some creativity so that the two images merge together there is that and then they share it with their friends hey this is really cool check check this out Mm -hmm. so
1: well and it really is a way to get The people, you know, we, so many times we get our first impression of a person or a business through social media. You know, so are they a company that has whimsy? Is it a person that's kind of fun in real life? Or is it something that's, you know, a very serious subject? We get our impression of what they are like and what they potentially are like to do business with by these images. And that again comes back to branding. You know, I, I did a post the other day on uh, my Facebook page where I said, if you're funny in real life, you need to be appropriately funny on social media. You know, if you're very serious, don't try to be the class clown. You know, it, it, that's, that is what branding is all about. Whether we're online or offline, what is that image that people get from us?
2: Yeah. And I, your example is a good point because I think it's a lot easier for somebody who's funny to be serious compared to somebody who's serious trying to be funny. It mm-hmm. usually doesn't. Come off that well. uh, So, you know, if somebody is funny in real life and if their product is, you know, lighthearted or something, then sure, I think that humor needs to extend um, into their brand. Of course, then again, somebody may be hilarious in real life, but their subject is uh, child abuse or something. So, in in that case, definitely Mm -hmm. humor, you know, doesn't enter into Mm -hmm. it. So, you know, in some cases, I think it's important Mm -hmm. to consider your audience when you're deciding how you're going to model your brand. But, Mm -hmm. I agree with you. For the most part, I think your personality needs to come through. Now, if you're a really dull, boring person um, (laughs) and and when you go to a party, nobody wants to talk to you, then you probably want to do something a little different. Yeah, you You, you might need
1: to be the class clown. Yeah,
2: you might want to at least try it. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I have a different branding question for you, you know, looking at all your pages. And, you know, before Hugh and I ever met or anything like that, when I give my seminars, I have used his pages as examples of how you can make Twitter look somewhat like your Facebook page, how you can have consistent branding across. But, Hugh, you've always had um, a a graphical image of your face as opposed to a photo. Why did you choose to do that?
2: That's a Good question, somebody asked me that the other day on my Facebook page. He said, You've used the same profile photo for a long time. Are you you know, when are you planning on changing it? And my <laughs> response to him was, I don't really plan on changing it anytime soon because I don't look at my um I don't look at that picture as a picture of me, I look at it as a logo. So right. mm-hmm. back to what we were talking about before where I've branded myself I brand social media, but I've also branded Hubris. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that that picture of me with the sunglasses and the sun, sky in the background, and like you say, it's the style. It's it started as a photograph, but it's an illustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that to me became an icon or a logo of sorts. And like you said, I use it everywhere. Uh, if I was to change it, then I'd have to go change it everywhere. And then the the it's just like any logo. A logo should exist for a fairly long time. Eventually they evolve a little bit. You know, if you look back at the NBC Peacock or, or Coke or, or anybody's logo, if you look far enough back, you'll see lots of iterations and, and eventually you might find one that in the beginning it didn't look anything like it does now. But for the most part, it happens very slowly and mm-hmm. the changes are subtle enough that right now, if you see Nike's logo or Coke's logo, it's just as recognizable to you as it might have been 10 years ago. Right. Because they didn't make a drastic change. So you know, for me to change my picture right now, I'd have to make a very concerted effort to make sure that I I did something that still worked for me Mm -hmm. in the same way that I'm using that image now. And I think that's even the same for people with any picture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris Brogan, for example, he used to change his picture. I don't know if he still does, but he used to change his picture almost every day. Uh, Now, in his case, it wasn't really that big a deal because he pretty much looked the same in every picture. But, you know, if your hairstyle changes uh, from month to month or, um, you know. uh, Or you're a woman and the
1: color changes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and if you, right. And if so if you change your picture often, um, you know, people have begun to recognize you um, online, you know, when they're looking at your Facebook. Mm -hmm. They see you post something on Facebook or you post on Twitter. The only thing they have to recognize quickly uh, who they're listening to is that avatar. I Mm -hmm. mean. I'm sure, your name's next to it, but I think most of us probably visually gravitate to looking at the avatar mm-hmm. first. And if all of a sudden there's a picture of somebody there, and you, uh, oh, I don't have a clue who that is, you know, it takes you a minute to figure out. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. Chris, and, but you know. So.
1: Well, and one of the things I tell people that they can consider is, you know, if you've got, say, your your personal Facebook page, especially if you know that is where maybe your friends, your family, and you're not doing you know really a lot of business there, and then your business. I have two different images. My business page has the same image on Facebook, on Twitter, on Google+, everywhere. LinkedIn, you know, it is consistent. If you see that image, you know it's me. And I've had total strangers walk up to me and introduce themselves because they recognize me from things, which that's a different issue that's a little scary on occasion but you know so but the image on my personal facebook page now i'm always very conscious i i don't believe that there's a difference between personal and professional um, and so you know i'm i'm not going to post anything on my my personal page that would cause somebody to raise their eyebrows but it is a different image so then people do know okay this is coming from deb's business page or this is coming from deb's personal page mm-hmm. but you use the same image consistently because it is who you are
2: Right, and I don't post too much um, as myself um, on my business page. You know, some people do that, where they'll, they if they post as their page, and then somebody uh, responds and they want to come in and comment. Sometimes it's nice if they come in and comment as themselves rather mm-hmm. than the page. So, in other words, let's just take Ford for example. If Ford posted something as Ford, and then somebody said, "Wow, I love that new Mustang," and you wanted to come back and Maybe even start a conversation with them in the comments, in the case of Ford with Scott Monty. I think it 's nicer if Scott replies because now you know mm-hmm. you 're talking to a real person', a person. Not talking to yep. a logo um, mm-hmm. so some people like to do that to me um, i don 't do it that often if I did, and I post as hubris on social identities it 's the same exact picture, so either way i 'm still recognized.
1: Mm-hmm. right. Cool. Well, we're going to go ahead and, and take another break. And when we come back, let's talk about About Me because okay. that is a great website that is free. Hello, free. We like free. Um, but it's a perfect way to brand yourself and really give a, a focal point for people to find out a lot of information. They can get your social media sites, all those various things. And, of course, it can be branded. So when we come back, let's talk about About Me.
0: Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant.
3: You're listening to Mile High Radio. Milehighradio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. Hey, man, you play really killer rock band guitar. Yeah, I would wish it was a real guitar. Why don't you go get one? Have you seen the prices of new guitars today? Well, go check out Music go Round. They sell some of the best used music and sound equipment on the planet. And with two stores in the area, you should be able to find exactly what you want and save a bundle at the same time. That's a rockin' idea. I'll check them out on MileHighRadio.com because I think I saw that they're the official supplier for their sound equipment. Yeah, you know, I think they are. Hey, look, here's their banner ad right here on milehighradio.com. And it's got all their information on it. Hey, put down that fake guitar and let's go see what they got.
0: That's a great idea.
2: I'm Dr. Clint Dickinson of Dickinson Chiropractic. Have you ever wondered why families go to chiropractors? Well, I'm here to give you a little testimonial from a family in my office. They came in for neck pain
0: and uh, hip pain, and they've noticed that their overall health has dramatically improved. Their family has been 19 months free of illnesses of any kind. Their three young girls have not been sick since November of 2009. They have not missed school due to colds, flu, or anything. If you'd like to take advantage of that and get your family well, give my office a call at 303 303-
2: Six eight eight two three zero zero three zero three six eight eight two three zero zero.
1: Back. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I'm passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And with me is Hubris, who is a social identity specialist. And we've been talking all about how to brand yourself online and how to do it consistently, which is so important for people to, you know, when, when they're looking at your information, they know, hey, this is who it is. Whether they're looking at Twitter, Facebook, even LinkedIn to some degree, because you can use some of the same images, you know, all of those places, they know who you are because your online brand is just as important, maybe even sometimes more important than your offline brand. So now, you know, for the the last segment, I want to talk about about me, which is an, an internet site that you can sign up for for free. You know, we love free. This is always great, and it's just about me there's no dot com no org no anything like that it's just about dot me and you can set up a page there that is branded so we love that right Hugh we get we get to brand our own stuff here right right but the nice thing is it gives you some flexibility you can resize you can do you know to, to some degree all sorts of different things it also can send people to your various social media sites you can put all those icons there. But, Hugh, talk to us about why a site like this is so cool. And there are several sites out there. About Me is the one I like the best, and it's the one that I use. But why is it so important to be able to have this information all in one place?
2: Well, I think it's because most of us have a lot of places we could send somebody to, and you have to decide where you're going to do that. So on a on a blog, you see this a lot, you you'll see twenty icons on there. You know somebody's mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, the Google Plus, you know all the social networks and some of the the more obscure ones that most of us don't even know of, and they stick every single icon on there. And after a while, number one, it starts looking kind of tacky. Number two, mm-hmm. um, you know I think it's really best in those cases to just sort of focus. You know, pick your two or three tops uh, networks and put those on your blog, but. There are times where you want to make sure people know that you're on all these places. A good example of that is on Twitter. Um, on Twitter, you've got a bio, and then they let you put your a link to your website on there. Now, you can add quick click, clickable links in the bio. Um, I do that on mine. You just have to realize you're using up some of your 160 characters mm-hmm. to create your your URL. But if you put the http colon slash slash in front uh... it becomes a clickable link so like on mine if you read my twitter bio i have my blurb and then i have a social identities dot com that's actually part of the bio it's not the one that i'm allowed to use so what i do is then for the the uh... the link that's actually the one where you type your website into a specific field in the settings i use my about me page uh, for that spot so you know, primarily, I want people to go to socialidentities.com, but in that 160-character bio, it's pretty hard for me to say, and by the way, I blog at Hugh Briss and, uh, you know, I hope you'll also go check me out on Facebook. So the About Me link accomplishes that. If somebody, and, and I even put in, because on, on Twitter, you can add something that goes in front of, and it's actually the location field. So what I did was, instead of putting my location, which would be Orlando, Florida, I, I put in Uh, something like um, find out more about me as the location line so it actually shows up on my bio as find out more about me dash and then the link to Ah. beyond about me Um, so if they go to about me then there I have the main information I want everybody to know about me I have a link to my website, a link to my blog and then I have links to all of my social networking pages that way I don't have to determine whether The people that are reading whatever it is they're looking at, are they going to be wanting to find me on Facebook? What if they're not on Facebook? Well, so then I definitely want to make sure they know I'm on Twitter. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, I think the About Me page is just a great landing page. You know, for for those of us who have lots of places we want to funnel people off to, but we're not sure exactly which one they're going to be interested in, you know, just it's a great spot to have everything in one spot. Mm hmm.
1: They really need to add a Pinterest button. I noticed that they don't have that on there. Um... But you know the reason I use it, and I do have it on my Twitter page, uh, because that way it can funnel people there very quickly, just as you said. But I use it in the signature of my emails because I have always wanted to you know connect with people online, especially LinkedIn, and and uh, you know since that's the the real professional site. But I'm fine with them connecting with me, obviously on my my business Facebook page and all of those. So my signature line on my email used to say you know Deb Career, the socialite. It gave my website URL, and then it gave phone numbers and all that and then i said and click here to connect with me on twitter linkedin facebook and those were all active links that was confusing so now it just says click here and the here is you know the, the link to about me click here to connect with me on social media so it makes it very easy if somebody clicks that they can go there they can find it and then by clicking the links on about me they connect directly with me on my various pages
2: and i have mine in my email signature too mm-hmm. it's also uh it's also one other way that that works well is anything that's in print mm-hmm. so a business card would be a perfect right. example mm-hmm. uh the problem with and even on twitter like if if uh, in your sidebar background area you want to list some of the places you are typically the way i do that is i put little icons and mm-hmm. then after the icon i put the name that somebody can find them under so instead of a big long facebook url it's just a facebook icon and then i Mm -hmm. put slash hubris Mm -hmm. so uh but the problem is is people have to manually type in whatever it is you have there so if that was your business card on your business card you don't have the option of just putting an icon they can link or click on you have to put a physical url that they have to type in Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes those urls are pretty long and you know are people going to remember it are they going to type it in or or not so about me is pretty short you know you got about dot me and then whatever your name is
0: so Mm -hmm.
2: on a business card or any place where you it's a a print only and not clickable then I think that about me is the perfect solution
1: well and as you said it makes it so much easier and especially if you you know were somebody like me who didn't always get all the same name. I mean, you know, luckily there's not too many Deborah Creers in the United States, but you know, one Deborah Creer already was Deborah Creer on Twitter, and you know all this. so so I had to do a little bit of variations on things. So on LinkedIn, I'm Deborah Creer. On Facebook, I'm Deb Creer. You know all these, so it, it does get confusing. And I don't want to send you know I don't want somebody going to the wrong page and liking or following the wrong person. So I can just tell them go to About Me, Deb. and look there I am. Um, it makes it very very easy for somebody to find.
2: Yeah, right. And as far as branding that page. The, uh, what you see a lot of people do is they'll put a big picture of themselves up um so, some of them are funny because it's um and I, they they look uh, pretty egotistical i guess cuz you got like a life size head looking at you off of the Yeah them it's need, it's it, big you know, real see, estate. Yeah, i see that a lot but <laughs> instead of instead of somebody putting a picture of themselves doing something that creates a nice background it's just one big huge picture of their their head or something you know celebrities I guess that works okay Mm -hmm. but I think most of us so um, I do design custom backgrounds for about me and I still put the person's picture on there but uh, instead of you know like for example I worked on one last night the the lady had a picture a beautiful picture of herself but the background you know it just didn't really work all that great so I silhouetted her picture out dropped in a, a custom background and then I was able to incorporate her logo and some other design elements into the background. So mm-hmm. just like we were talking about before, um, the fact that you can customize about me does give you a chance to make sure that you're consistent with your branding. Right.
1: You know, and, and if you have the talent and the the skill level to be able to do it in, oh, maybe an hour worth of you know spending your own time, then it's probably worth it doing it yourself. But if it's going to take longer than that or if you're just perplexed, then definitely contact you because he has some great designs out there. And packages, all sorts of things like that. You know, maybe you've got everything. You just need to, or you're only on Facebook. You know, all those various things. It's it's a great way to to be able to have everything get the look and feel that you really want it to have in a professional way, Um, because it does come back to what that first impression is. You know, if I go to somebody's Twitter page and they still have you know the the little blank gray thing, I'm like really. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's what you've got there now, and then no background at all. Or I go to someone's LinkedIn page and they don't have a picture. Or worse, I go to somebody's uh, Facebook business page and they've got the picture of the cat, their kid, you know, their, their cup of coffee. <laughs> you know, yeah. To me, then I wonder what they are like to deal with as a business person. So again, it's all about branding and making sure that people recognize you online when they see you and they they know who you are and and what that first impression is. So yeah, I think it,
2: that, that that's pretty funny about the cat because I posted something about that and most people agreed with me, but there were some cat lovers that, that came in and and commented they didn't mm-hmm. they didn't like it too much because they said, well, hey, my friends, I want my friends to know that I love my cat. But you know, to me, the thing is, is that when you're posting something and that icon shows up next to it, and and actually, the reason I wrote it was not because of the cat. I wrote it the the blog post because so many people use pictures of their kids Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah I know you're proud of your kid and it's great you know put your kids pictures on Facebook for all your friends to see but if you're using it as your own avatar and you're posting if I don't know you that well and I don't recognize that's your kid then does that really represent you and Mm -hmm. you know then I think the other problem to me and and the reason I wrote it was I saw a lot of pictures of kids that are well under thirteen years old, right? And since Facebook, they're, you're not supposed to be using mm-hmm. it if you're under thirteen. Every time, every time I see a picture of a kid, I have to think: Is that really somebody that shouldn't be on Facebook, or is it mm-hmm. just somebody that used a picture of their their right. kid? But um, and I think for personal, it's probably neither here nor there. Uh, you know, I'm talking about people that are using their Facebook page to represent themselves in their business.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and. It, it is funny when I go to somebody's page where they don't have an image like that. Now, every once in a while, it is kind of appropriate. <clears throat> I follow someone who is... Uh, she works for a humane society. So sometimes she has pictures of the animals there. But to me, it would be better if it was a picture of her holding the animal because mm-hmm. then I get I see her and, you know, the pretty kitty that's up for adoption or the dog or the ferret. She had a ferret last week. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it comes back to... You know, I, I mentioned I was sitting in a coffee shop somewhere and somebody came up and introduced themselves because they, they knew me online. Now it's a little stalker-ish, but it also meant that I did my branding well. You know, Uh and it didn't matter where they were connected with me, they knew who I was because it was the same picture. Now it's, you know, it's, it's a picture of me a couple of years ago and fortunately I still kind of look like that, but (laughs) that's the whole thing. You know, if you're meeting somebody for the first time, you know, through some type of connection, I want to be able to go to their LinkedIn page and see what they look like. I want to be able to go to their Facebook page, all those various things to see what they're like if I'm meeting them for a business purpose or even sometimes if I'm just having you know coffee with them
2: yeah i I think that what some of the people, even the ones that were commenting to me about using something besides their picture were were saying there's a lot of people that want to remain private and not mm-hmm. run into the situation you did uh, you know personally I don't care I, I you know I I just I guess my ego is big enough I'm, I'm happy <laughs> to show my picture and, and if somebody recognizes me that's cool but you know there's a lot of people I that maybe don't want somebody to walk up to them at Starbucks and go oh I recognize you from Facebook so you know I can understand using something that may not be your picture sometimes especially if it's a business related thing because then you can just use your logo if you if that's your your situation, mm-hmm. but right. you know, like I was saying in my uh, you know comment a while ago, I think the way social media works it 's just best if it 's a person talking, even if they are representing a company so Scott mm-hmm. Monty you know I think he 's number three at Ford now, but basically he 's in charge of you know social media for Ford. The thing is is he 's the face of Ford you know when they announce a new car um, it 's typically Scott Monty doing the talking and then you know people know when they're talking back that there actually is a real person listening to them that's probably going to reply rather than trying to talk to a Ford logo
1: perfect well we are at the top of the hour you know as always the hour goes by way too fast so we will definitely have to have you back on again to talk about more branding especially when you know they change these pages up on us and we're not sure what to put where (laughs) Or, you know, we might have a new site coming along and we didn't even talk about Google+. So, you know, Hugh, thank you so much and thank you everyone else for coming on. For those of you who like to listen every week, I won't be on next week because I will be taking a bit of a vacation. But the fabulous Alita Citrone will be on and she'll be talking about how to build authenticity and leadership online. So this is going to be great. She's really going to be talking about building a personal brand. So good follow up to the the program this week. So everybody tune in next week and thank you so much. Thanks you and go out and enjoy this absolutely fabulous day.
0: Thanks everyone. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true It's a shame to say